Right. People, listen up. It's a fucking lockdown right oh, now. Come off it. We're not in a prison drama, are we? We are in a prison drama. This is the fucking Shawshank Redemption, right? But with more tunneling through shit, no fucking redemption. Screw you guys. I'm going home. Sheriff, this is no time to panic. This is the perfect time to panic. <laughs> it's not the end of the world. I ain't going with you. I'll go with child. Hey, fuck you, Palmer! I'm going with you! Who says I want you going with me? All right, cut the bullshit! Because the whole world gone crazy! Hey! Everybody calm the fuck down. It's Mars on the Hudson. It's Cheers goes to Harlem. Get you something to drink, brother. It's E.T. rides the Underground Railroad. Want to see me make all the white people disappear? 125th Street, thanks. That was fantastic. It's the brother from another planet. Man is a fugitive from a chain gang. He's got radar for a mind, removable eyes, and a lovable smile. Give me five, brother. White folks get strange all the time. It's John Sayles' dazzling and propelling comedy hit. It's the box office blast guaranteed to open your eyes. The brother from another planet. Yeah. Welcome to another episode of Holmes Movies Recommends. My name is Anders Holmes. I am joined by my brother Adam over Zoom in America. Hello. It's good to be here. How are you? I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. I tried to do it slower this time so I wouldn't. We'll do up. the Edward Morrow version. This as Holmes movies recommend. Like Walter Cronkite, Apollo 11. I mean, Holmes movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one of those voices. Yeah, I think Edward Morrow even more for our time because of how fucked up everything is. Um, yeah, oh, true that. Okay, um, Holmes movies recommends. Um, yes, uh, last episode I recommended uh, Spider Baby. So today it's your episode. Um, just before we get into that did you by any chance read the john boyega bon, uh, john boyega interview for gq i haven't read it yet but i'm very interested to i've seen some extracts from it and i am i mean he will probably never make another disney movie but he is uh he said some some very very important things that you know we've touched on especially when we reviewed um uh, return of the Palpatine or whatever it was called the last Star Wars movie the return the return of the Jedi Spectre uh, <laughs> <it> was, <laughs> I would have loved it if Palpatine was just like cuckoo <laughs> come, come Mr. Skywalker yeah, good, good. <laughs> no but he was he did touch on upon a lot of points and I mean he I mean he I mean one of the quotes that he did say was what I say to Disney is do not market a black character as important and then push them aside. Right. I think that is that that is fair. That's that's what happened. I mean, the second film he gets some moment, he gets to kill Captain Phasma. Yeah. And he has that moment with uh Kelly Marie Tran's character Rose, who is then also written out yeah. of the film. So he has so little to do. I mean, and I was after the first one, I thought there was gonna be um uh, a sort of a maybe a gay love story between uh, Finn and Poe, but uh, with you know with um, uh, which we also spoke about on that episode that maybe they missed the chance yeah. to do that and they just had that um, 
two women embracing at the end of the third movie but it's which i mean it seemed a little bit i mean they did it a little bit in avengers endgame where they had this moment where all the like female superheroes like charged the bad guys all in one and i think it's kind of like a really sort of inspirational moment a little bit but it's a bit too little too late if they were all about diversity and stuff then they could have done it ages ago or i don't know just right well and also and also because revenge of the palpatine jedi sith thing whatever it's called has um has got some serious issues i mean and and actually you know i'm glad you brought this up because it's actually relevant to the film i'm going to recommend because sci-fi and i include the star wars films in this and and actually fantasy itself uh you know if you broaden it out to include stuff like lord of the rings there's a whole Mm. load of racism in these movies yeah. In the way that, for example, uh, in The Lord of the Rings, there are no black characters until, oh, one shows up riding an elephant. Uh, you know, it's like, you know, it's, yep. uh, and, and like, and, and, you know, in the, in the Star Wars films, any time planet, which is like a little bit folksy or a little bit like, um, you know, b- b- backward or whatever, it's always like a desert planet where people live in uh, uh, huts or in earth houses um, that resemble, um you know either the asian subcontinent sub-saharan africa or indigenous american people whatever it is it's just like these these films have they you know worlds of whiteness and uh and a sort of racial hierarchy exist within these movies that there are people who you know if there's anyone who ever has a uh a a sort of old-fashioned religious belief um that isn't the sort of noble Jedi thing, but if it's a sort of weird like custom or some kind of thing, it's always either like a uh, an, an alien creature that's dressed as an uh, like in, in in a sort of deliberately like and I'll use this word very carefully primitive way, but or it's literally a, a person of color, and it's just you know um, someone's honking outside. Um, <laughs> Wasn't me. Uh, the, the, um, you know, and, and it's it's frustrating, um, and it's you know you here you are in a, you are working in a made up world. You are in a fantasy world. Literally, you have the power to change. You know, there's no reason, there's no reason at all why um, Boromir can't be black. Although half the internet is now going to disagree with you know but but, you know fuck off racists like it there is no reason why um shut up (laughs) honking what are you honking at but but there's someone just saying like quit talking about star wars boromir is white it's clear from the books of boromir's a man he's a celtic man nordic yeah Uh, yeah i don't know um yeah i mean there's just there is just this unwillingness to say, well, look, we live in a fucked up world of, um, you know, systemic racism and, um, you know, racial prejudice around uh, religion and cultural practices. Um, so, yeah. you know, let's have a, we have a chance to upend that. It's not to say that it's a job of these films to be activists per se, but don't bolster existing, you know, don't take white America and impose it onto the galaxy far, far away. And a long time ago, don't take, um, you know, Northern Europe in the 1940s and its uh, proclivities and superimpose them onto Middle Earth. You can have so much more leeway, you know, about how you do these things if you if you yeah. understand that you don't have to, you don't have to follow, you know, it's the imagination of the author 
is not one that you have to be in terms of how they see their characters racially. It's not one that you have to hew to. I mean, look at the look at the Harry Potter series, and you got J.K. Yeah. Rowling's books are full of stereotypes. You know, you got the Cho Chang. You know, uh, you got the Irish Irish kid who likes to blow shit up. You know, and she's gotten in trouble because she's come out and said some stuff that's been interpreted as transphobic. And I haven't, I haven't been following it too closely. But for what I have seen, she's behaved like a bit of an idiot, frankly. And I think that yeah, the, she's also not really. She's also doubled down on quite a lot yeah. of things when people kind of call around on it, which is also kind of bad as well. And I feel like this year with the pandemic going on, you've, it, there have been moments where like we've really kind of seen truth in a lot of people, like especially with people like Ellen DeGeneres, because there's a lot of things going on about her with her show and the, the sort of culture of the show. And like there's been workplace bullying and maybe she's not as kind of it, there's just been some issues there yeah. and stuff i mean some of it might be a bit hearsay well they, they did sack a bunch of people i mean it's not it's not just hearsay you know yeah. uh, well no and, and, and before the pandemic you also had the uh, college admission scandal over here which is you know famous people buying themselves i mean it, it is the whole thing's rotten to the core and but uh, yeah the pandemic has exposed things and uh there's a lot of celebrities who are just showing just how hopelessly out of touch they are. I mean, remember the the Imagine video that the people put together, and it was just oh god, I didn't want. I saw like I watched, a clip. Of I watched, it watched and the I was first three like, seconds of it. And I wanted to throw my phone into the pit of Sauron or whatever. It was like, but, but did you watch? Did you watch the other one that they did, which is the like I take responsibility video, the one that came out just after George Floyd was was murdered? Yeah. It was basically like it was. I can't remember exactly. I remember it was seeing like Aaron Paul and then Sarah Paulson and people like that. And it was like, they were like, it was a bit like the, the Imagine video, but it was like them talking to camera. It was also in black and white, the footage. And it was basically them saying, I take responsibility and things like that. And, and also like taking responsibility for what? Have you said something racist? <laughs> Did you, you shoot a black man? Uh, no, I mean, the problem is it's not taking responsibility. It's, it's, it's to say we've talked about this before but like it's that we all have a responsibility insofar as yes we are members of the body politic it's our it's our duty to call out racism when we see it. it's our duty to vote in a way that um uh makes it harder for racists to sort of thrive in the world um but um more than that it's important to recognize our own prejudices and our own roles in perpetuating racism in our daily lives i mean in in the case of uh yeah. um you know the world of film it is as um francis mcdormand pointed out possible to go up there and say you know what i, I want uh what is it a diversity rider or whatever she said diversity yeah diver diversity rider, you know, and, yeah, and, and stuff that. like that you know make sure that the films you take part in especially if you have the the uh, ability to choose like aaron paul does um yeah make sure they reflect the world and, and yeah and take responsibility in that regard but it's that sense of there's there's a there's a desire to sew on the sort of merit badge of i recognize that racism is a thing and i recognize the role in it that that i have it's like they sew that merit badge onto their you know their uniform and then it's like okay cool i'm done with that discussion let's mm. let's move on to the next thing and and it's not to say that i, I mean i'm i don't claim to have the answer but it's just this this tendency to that of celebrities to sort of jump in two footed to these things and 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 make it about them is just very distasteful but um yeah but you know anyway as i say back to back to what i was talking about the 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 john boyega interview is is very timely 
and it is extremely um, relevant to uh, not just uh, the discussion around the practices of Hollywood and the practices of Disney and the, the way that we think about you know, made up fairy stories, but you know, that they should still be predominantly white or whatever. But it's also, it gets at a very crucial reason why that trilogy failed. Because they didn't follow, Abrams did not follow the best, um, the pathways that he himself, the, the most interesting pathways that he himself laid out in that first movie. And he instead, and, and, and that uh, Ryan Johnson built on in the second one. And the, the, the ruin that he does in that third film is just abysmal. And so much of it is based on listening to the trolls and writing Kelly Marie Tran out of the story, castrating the Finn character, making him completely boring. And, um, and you know, and, 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 and there's your, you know, and there's, your, there's the trouble. You know, there is the most, the memories that I have of that second film, of that scene with its, you know, it's Finn and Rose, isn't it? On the casino planet, riding around on that because you've got a you've got an Asian American woman and a, a and a black man from South London in one of the most iconic scenes of one of the of the biggest of the biggest film of the year. You know they are they're in charge of that film. In fact, they are the apart. You've got the Ray line storyline, Ray and um, and Kylo uh, Ren, but they're the other storyline in that movie as and they have equal weight. Yeah, and, and Ryan Johnson yeah. did that, and he did that, to, and he and he and he delivers a more interesting Star Wars film that's been the most interesting Star Wars film that's been made since Empire Strikes Back. And then Abrams sees yeah. that and says, "Well, a lot of people didn't like Kelly Marie Tran um, because they're racist." But I wouldn't say it's it's not really him, but it's well, also he, like Disney yeah, kind but of like he's, ta- he's got to take some responsibility as the director. Yeah, of course. And as and, as, and he helped write the script for fuck's sake. Yeah. So it's like you know, what do you, and 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 he must have known about the trolls on Twitter, and so instead of doubling down and saying, "Well, screw you," she's going to be the main character in the, she's going to be one of the main characters in this whole thing, they um, they write her out of the, the you know, he 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 bends at least implicitly, he's in, he's in bending to that pressure. Anyway, enough. Yeah. The film I'm recommending is relevant because yes. it is a sci-fi film that deals with race in a way that is both um that is that is um meaningful that is moving that is that is um amusing and um and and how and not you know not too sort of on the nose and that is uh, uh 1984's uh the brother from another planet directed by john sales which i really want to see i haven't i've i've john sales really does seem like a very engaging and interesting filmmaker and i've seen I saw another one of his films recently, which was also really good, which also kind of reflected a bit of the time we're in now, not just George Bush's America, but America that we're living in now. But no, that film, that film sounds really, really interesting. It's, it, it, did you watch, is it on the Criterion channel? No, I rented it on Amazon. Um, okay. So it is on Amazon Prime. You can rent it if you're in the States uh, or if you've got a VPN. And, um, uh-huh. but the, um, but no, I mean, it is just an absolutely delightful film. It's, it's about an, uh, an alien who is, um, who looks like uh, an African-American man. Uh, he gets, um, uh, he crashes his spacecraft and he lands in New York, literally on Ellis Island. He then hops a ferry and uh, ends up in Harlem where he is, um, 
greeted by a mystified populace, but one who nonetheless do everything they can to help him. Um, and it's very interesting that in the first sort of, what, third of the film, the only characters, apart from one, who really go out of their way to help him are, um, are black people. Everyone else treats him with uh, suspicion or hostility. Um, and it's and that's not you know and again as I say that sounds more on the nose than it is um, it, like the way it's conveyed in the film is is just so heartfelt and so um, uh, you know it, funny as well you know they, the the characters in the film especially the barflies uh, in um, you know in this bar that he ends up in are just at some of the best comic creations you'll see in American cinema um, the um, there are some really great just like shots of Harlem in the 80s and a lot of reflections on what Harlem means as a place um you know in 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 sort of uh, you know and the changes that it had already undergone by that point and it's just you know sad to think about now how gentrified it's become um like much like Brixton in South London has it become has it become yeah gentrified? I think it's it's on its way to being so yeah and and, okay. and that's sad you know it's it's a cultural heritage that's going you know by the wayside and um anyway the, the 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 story unfolds and you get these wonderful two characters who are referred to as the men in black so you wonder about the inspiration for that movie but the uh these two um creeps who are uh, played by uh john sales the director and by a young uh fresh-faced david strahan uh are Ooh, on, nice. on our main character's tale uh he's uh played by joe morton who's just his performance is absolutely Joe Morton is a great actor. He's very underrated. It doesn't say a word in the whole film, and he's his 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 performance is just um, I was going to say out of this world. Uh, you know, it is he's so um, he's so completely uh, soulful and poignant, and um, you know he has this. There's a melancholy that he projects. Um, that is just so, I think it's the crucial note in this otherwise quite funny movie that there is this great sadness in his character and his um, reactions to certain impulses and moments are just so, it, 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 it's like, it's like you take the best parts of E.T., you know, the most human, humanist parts of that movie and you strip away all those Spielberg fluff and you turn it from a Muppet into an actual person and you get, you know, this, this, the brother from another planet. Um, and, um, you know, and there's some, there's some social messages in there. And uh, of course, and there's a lot of, you know, you can meditate a lot about uh, race and immigration and, and uh, cultural identity if you want, um, of course. Uh, but it, it's, you know it, it's also just a it's just a really well done comedy it's an hour and 49 minutes long you know nice brilliant example of how to make a film on a low on a tiny budget but 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 you know another thing i thought about is normally tiny budget films maybe they don't have that many characters there are tons of characters in this film each one more wonderful than the next and um and one of the most interesting things is john sales white director does it does not feel like a it does not feel like Jackie Brown, you know, a black exploitation film made by a white director. It does not feel like it. It really feels like a film that's made uh, for a black audience, largely with that kind of vernacular in mind. And it and, yeah. and that's impressive considering he wrote the script as well. So, um, 
Is he the editor on the movie as well? Because I know he did the editing on Lone Could Star. Have been. And... I, I actually don't know. Um, but, you know, you want to suspect. I think he, let's have a look here, actually. Oh, yes, he did edit it. Um, I mean, I know he basically financed it himself. He got a MacArthur grant and made the whole thing for $350,000, which is also um, incredible. Um, yeah, I mean, he did come from, like, low-budget filmmaking anyway. I mean, he wrote the screenplay for Joe Dante's Piranha, and they collaborated on a few low-budget horror movies like that, and The Howling, and he even shows up in The Howling in a small cameo role. And, yeah, I think I think it's it's interesting that, like, his career with these very sort of low-budget, schlocky movies, but then he able to make these kind of thought-provoking human movies and, and, and things like that like hum, humanitarian movies honestly almost. i've only seen two of his films this one and lone star and they're both they've both just become absolute favorites you know um and yeah. um yeah. yeah i love this i cannot recommend it highly enough i think it's a it's a great film for now it's a great uh you know read the john boyega piece and then maybe go watch this to see you know this is a film that was made in 1984 but has a much more mature attitude to the role of race in the genre of science fiction and fantasy than any film that's been released in our lifetime. In our you lifetime, know. yeah. So, um, is it so, part of is it part of the national the library registry? Isn't oh, it? it could be. It's definitely on. A, it's it's a real favorite. I know a few because I know a. F- it's better known over a here. A few of his films are. Yeah, it's 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 a real. Yeah. I think it's much better known here, and it's much better known. I think it's become a real sort of cult favorite since it came out. Um, I'd, yeah. I'd not really heard of it before I watched it. So, um, anyway, there was there was like a box set. I don't know if it's available to get now. I'm sure it's on like eBay or Amazon or one of these other things. But I think it was it was part of a box set of like these early films that John Sales did. It'd be quite nice to see if they ever get a hold of that, or maybe if someone if they released it on the Criterion Collection or something like that in the UK or something. I hope it, at some point so that a lot of his films kind of get recognised again because not all of them are readily available in region two. Yeah. Well, um, in any case, um, in whatever way you choose to watch it legally or illegally, um, I, I hope people, preferably yeah, legally. Right, yeah, I do hope, uh, I do <laughs> hope support people, the industry. Yeah, well, I, mean, I don't know, because if you buy it on Amazon, what are you supporting? You're probably just Jeff Bezos, right? Supporting Jeff Bezos yeah, and his I $200 mean, billion. Dollars. I don't really know what is the best way to support the filmmakers, especially for a film made in 84, but you know, do what you can. Buy it from your local DVD shop if you can. Um, but um, yeah. yeah, it's your local DVD shop. Like those things even exist. Um, anyway. Back in my day, yeah. we had DVD shops on every you know, corner. The, the last one... ever blockbuster is an Airbnb that you can stay in. I, I did see that. I was like, I... what has happened to the world? <laughs> yeah, I know. I miss VHS. I mean, I, I miss, miss rental VHS houses. too, God damn it! I'm glad you said that. Okay. Well, I, I look, I need yeah. to go, um, but um, everyone should watch The Brother from Another Planet and um, everyone should think more about um, how uh, earthly racism expresses itself in faraway worlds that we create. Why should we export yes. this stupid social disease? That's my thought for the day. Yes, representation and masses. Oh, and actually, good chance to um, plug um, W.E.B. Du Bois, which I know I always do, but uh, there is a really, really great, uh, again, science fiction short story uh, called The Comet uh, by Du Bois, which um, I think people should read because, again, it talks about uh, race in a way that's scarcely done in that genre. So, um, yeah, check that out. Um, Oh, well, I better go. Uh, Have a good day.
or whatever. And uh, yes, yeah, be yes. be a citizen. Be well. Stay yes. safe. Wear a mask. Be Wash well. Your hands. Be a citizen. Shut up. Wear a mask. <laughs> Wash your hands and shut up. <laughs> Sounds like a tagline for a John Wayne movie. Yeah. Pilgrim. <laughs> Wash your hands and shut up. Yeah. Who? Yeah. I mean, I'm glad John Wayne isn't alive because he'd definitely be speaking at the Republican National Convention. Oh, he'd be all over Twitter like the president is. Oh, Jesus. It doesn't even bear thinking about. Imagine one of his tweets. <laughs> that would be amazing. Uh, yeah. Wow. And then then people like Jimmy Stewart would be distin- distancing themselves. Oh, I don't know. Jimmy Stewart was pretty right wing as well. Look, let's get out of here, okay? <laughs> All right. Okay. Have a good day, everyone. Stay safe. Bye. Bye.